1: And And this this is is our our house. house. Welcome to the House Hockey Podcast, episode 113. I am one of your hosts,
0: Breezy. And I'm one of your other hosts, the only other host, Ray Ray.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It'd be weird if we had more than two.
0: That would be. I don't even know who we would ask to come on, but...
1: We have a lot of people that would be very a very good fit that's for sure
0: <laughs> yeah we definitely would need some people who maybe like played the game that could probably be beneficial <laughs> yeah but yeah. for now you get just two fans talking to the fans and we do not have a guest this week because there's just too much playoff hockey to discuss we we <clears throat> are recording this on Sunday. There are two fi- game seven games being played, final, whatever, you know what I mean, being played today uh, to determine the rest of the second round. So we're going to just sort of run through the updates, our thoughts, opinions on how the first round went, surprises, feelings. Also, I would like to note that none of Breezy's three hockey teams <laughs> have advanced out of the first round of the playoffs, so she's now in my boat cheering for everybody and nobody all at the same time. So how does that feel, Breezy? How do you feel today?
1: Uh, You know, I had two heartbreaks yesterday, and that was uh, pretty bad. Three heartbreaks in one week for someone who is single currently, so uh, that's tough. It's It's been a tough 24 hours, that's for sure. Actually, it hasn't even been 24 hours since that all happened. It's been, I don't even know how many hours I didn't want to think about it.
0: How are you coping with the losses?
1: Um, I think there were good things to take from them. And I think you have to think about that when when there are losses, you have to kind of mm-hmm. analyze and pick apart what was good and what was bad. Obviously, bad parts you lost. But I think that, every team that has lost so far, not just the ones that I have, you know, wanted to watch. Um, yeah, there were some really good takeaways and I think that that's kind of what you have to build off of. So it sucks, but there are better teams out there and there are teams that want it more and that's all you got to go after. So.
0: Did you think the Preds were going to be able to make it out of the first round?
1: Not playing the abs. No. Okay. They probably had a better shot playing against another team, but because of the inexperience of their goalies, uh, obviously Saros was, was injured and they knew he wasn't going to be playing. He got injured the last game of the season with a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. So it was up in the air if he was even going to be in for round one. And when you have an AHL goalie, not to say that AHL goalies aren't good, but when you're playing at that caliber and you haven't played many NHL games I mean how are you supposed to to rely on that and your big boys when they don't show up every game I mean like we said you can't have a one-player team but and that's exactly what Roman kind of did I don't think that Roman could depend on his uh his teammates and unfortunately I think he held on to the puck for too long and that's one takeaway I hate to say it but I think that he uh he kind of should have relied on his team a little bit more and now they're not there. So now they're
0: on. not there. The <laughs> abs are moving on. They will be playing the blues, um, who were able to eliminate the Minnesota Wild. I'm super sad about this. Like I had such high hopes for the Wild this season, getting out. Like I really thought they could have got out of the first round, um, just with the way that they played all season long. Um, and the Blues, I f- I'm getting a little bit of. Blackhawks vibes from the Blues like how the Blackhawks had two seasons where they were like not great getting into the finals and then like all of a sudden they advanced like I've got the feeling that the Blues could be like a sleeper super sleeper team coming in and could make it all the way to the final if they can get past the Avs which I don't think is impossible, but that's the vibe I'm getting from the blues right now is like sleeper, sleeper status. Nobody's really been paying attention or talking about them really. Well, we haven't, but I don't know if they have the depth to make it all the way. We'll see. And binners back, binners back. And that's huge for the blues and he got a W and he helped them get to the next round. So like, there's a lot of mojo happening there that you just cannot make like we saw with the Leafs, which brings me, unless you had a thought about that, those teams, but I want to hear how you feel about the Leafs. Go ahead. Yeah. I have a thought about the, uh, the blues and abs. So when I think about the blues,
1: I think of them as being like a big bruiser team, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're big and strong and tough. And then when you look at the abs, I see more like finesse and skill and speed. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic is going to work because really you don't have too many fighters on the abs from what I've seen, right? Like you have McDermott who will drop the gloves with anybody. Uh, Landis Scott will probably, you know, throw something down but i mean will the add can the abs take the blues with the physicality that they that yeah. the blues have so i don't know i mean i want to say the abs could will beat them but i don't know if that's the case when it comes to the strength that the blues have so i don't know
0: i'm excited to see how that goes i'm going to skip around a little cuz i want to hit your opinion on all of your teams that were eliminated first, and then we can roll through the rest. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the Leafs mm-hmm. and the loss to the Lightning. First uh-huh. of all, that whole series was so exciting to watch. It was nail-biting, stressful. Every shot that was fired on the net you were holding your breath, no matter which team you were cheering for, because there was like a possibility it could go in. It was like that kind of an intense game. Yeah. However, as we all know, the Leafs uh, did not advance for now the sixth time in a row out of the first round of the playoffs. The, the players were on the record saying they are, quote, sick and tired of coming up short, and the argument, I think a lot of people and media and social media go immediately to is like, well, the Leafs have to make a change now. And I disagree with that statement. I, I don't think they need to make a drastic change. Obviously, they have to make a change, right? They they do not have the defense that they need. They've got all of these like other players and the magic there like with the offense, but I don't think they have that whole chemistry package. Like I've always said, I don't think the leadership is strong enough to get those guys wanting to play for each other. Like Tampa does like we've heard them over and over. They beat us over the head Tampa with the like, We play for each other. We are fighting for each other. It doesn't matter if somebody goes down. We're stepping up. We're in this together, together, together. You don't hear that from the Leafs. However, this loss for the Leafs might just be enough of a kick in the butt for them to figure that out. Like they might need to lose this many times in a row in the first round to get the message, to learn the lesson And be able to figure out how to play as a team together, because that's what happened with Tampa. I mean, they they didn't make it out of the first round for a couple times. Right. But they learned from their mistakes and made the changes necessary both to their lineup and to how they play for each other. And it's proven that's my thought on that.
1: Yeah, that was like five
0: thoughts. But there's a lot of thoughts yeah With but, series. I mean, you,
1: you do need to think about it too and it's like you can't go back two three four five years of post-game you know losing round one interviews and you hear the same thing over and right. over and over again and you don't have that much skill on one team and play your absolute heart out all season long and have six games be neck and neck crazy neck and neck to take that with a grain of salt because there were a couple games where you're like this is absolutely ridiculous but right you don't play six games and then your seventh game come out and just what did they do they didn't do anything it looked like they just were tired they just didn't want to be there and it's like you were in your home arena the Mm -hmm. fans are loud. they want you to win like you have everything it takes but like you said there's what maybe three, four guys that have chemistry on that team at this point, everyone else barely play can play really well. But I mean, Mitch Marner for one, I mean, where he shoots goals, right. And he's fast, but he's not blocking shots as much as he should be. He's not sticking up for his teammates. He's not, it's not doing anything. I mean, at least Austin Matthews was physical. Mitch Mm -hmm. couldn't even take a hit. Like he wouldn't even hit. So I don't know I just think like I was talking last night I was like they play so good and then the one game that really matters they just you didn't even see effort really
0: no so no I guess it's hard that's like it's I feel for Leafs fans yeah you know you included obviously in that like I I feel for you because that is so frustrating to see such talent I mean Austin had over 60 goals like this like the the records the skill the points like all of this should be adding up to more than a first round exit and and it's frustrating I I can't even I'm glad I'm not a Leafs fan that's like you got to think about it too I mean Jake so hard yeah Jake
1: Muzzin I mean he is he was probably one of the key guys for when the Kings won the Cups and it's like he has that experience, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: do you even listen to a guy like him in a situation where you have hot shots like Nylander and Matthews and Marner in the lineup? I mean, I would I would love to be a fly on the wall in that locker room when it comes yeah. down to what who are you considering leaders and who are you listening to just because of how many followers they have on Instagram, what their right. social status is, or are you listening to you know veteran players i mean why did you scratch wayne simmons like why would you do such a thing i don't it just didn't make sense to me and upper management i don't think they need to make any changes like you said Um, like big changes nothing drastic to do but they can't either no you can't and like what are you supposed to do like you have your core group you just need to get them meshing better or they got to mesh in a different way than what they do now. And uh, I mean, I'm kind of, I didn't even listen to the post-game interviews. I was like, it's going to be the same thing you hear, you know, every year. But, uh, and I mean, I feel for, for Leafs fans that are, you know, in Toronto or that have come out of, you know, from Toronto and are living elsewhere in the States where, you know, they're affected way more than I am because Mm -hmm. I obviously am following other teams. So it's like, I feel for them in a a sense of like what do you do like it's the same thing year after year but you think that they have
0: it this year and they don't i don't know well leafs fans thought they had it this year i i definitely was not on that train i didn't i really didn't think they could do it but i do think that there were other you know fans of hockey who think or who for sure that
1: the leafs definitely had what it took to get out of the first round. And I think when you have, you know, a team that everyone jokes about that can't make it through the first round for so for so long. And to finally win people over and be like, you know, what they can actually do it this year. And then they don't, it's like, you had one game to win and that was your game to win. Yeah. They probably had a crappy call on that interference where Tavares scored the goal. It would have been two, two, if they didn't get that interference call. Um, so it still was a tight game and I think you need to look at it of, like I said, you got to take the positives out of it. It, it could have been their game. It's just, after you get a call like that, it was like, they took their foot off the gas and it's like, what do you, what, what are you doing? Like fight for it, fight for each other.
0: Yeah. That's, that's Ugh. what's missing. Yeah, I mean, they brought in Giordano who's a leader, right. Yeah, but like, indeed. how do you bring that kind of a guy in? so late in the season and in that kind of a locker room. I mean, I just, I just, I, I, I too wish we could hear what goes on in there. I also think it's on the coach to lead those guys and to, to have respect and trust both ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm going to put some of that on the coach. Like that's, like a big part of his responsibility is to have them wanting to work together. But if you have really strong um, personalities in your locker room mm-hmm. who don't care and they're guaranteed X of millions of dollars and they can't be traded and they don't give a fuck, then there's really nothing the coach can do either. So like, yeah. I, I see all sides of it here, but. I and think I think, that's think enough too, to- one thing to note before we move on <clears throat> here is. The yeah.
1: amount of press and media that is on the Maple Leafs day yeah. in and day out has to be exhausting. And when you want to be able to just have that that team time, knowing you have 50 cameras on you guys, I mean, that has to be tough, too. I mean, they have a lot of pressure on them just for the sake of, you know, what what's on their chest every night. So that could also be a factor in no other team in the league has that much pressure on them 24 seven, even on the off season. Yeah. So I can only imagine, you know, what's actually, I I can't imagine. I mean, I I don't even know where to go from there. I
0: think, um, I think that's a little bit of an excuse. Like, I think if you are a professional athlete, Like, you know, the pressure that's coming. uh, Yeah, that the pressure is definitely higher in in Toronto. I'm not arguing that. But like other players who have just as much pressure and their name in the media over and over, like just take, for example, like a Sidney Crosby. He's still managed to win and goes to Nova Scotia in the offseason where there are no cameras and like there are ways to do it and there are ways to deal with that pressure and stress and, and all of that. And like, they know their role, they know what's happening. You know, what you're getting into into Toronto Uh, when you go to that team. Yes. You may not have experienced it firsthand, but like, I just feel like that's not enough for me. Like to like, deal with it. Like that's what you signed up for. Like you signed, you're a professional athlete. You're a public figure. Like, this is what happens. Don't read the news. Like there are so many things you can do. Like there are certain players, and I hate to even say this because I hate the NBA, but like there are (laughs) players who literally delete their Instagram. Like LeBron does this and disappears and doesn't read anything and doesn't go on and doesn't engage. So like there are ways to do it like what works for them works, you know, for them, but like they got to figure something out because what they're doing, is not working like in that, in regards to handling the pressure and all of that, if that really is a factor, you know? Which I think
1: it could be a factor for some players because they have mentioned it publicly that, you know, they walk in on a random Tuesday at 11 AM to go practice. And there's hundreds of press in the stand, just wanting to watch them. Do stretches on the ice, and it's like, right. why are you here? Like, it could be an excuse, but I think knowing that too, and knowing that it does get to the players because you don't see hundreds of people, you know, watching Jonathan Taze do stretches on the ice, right? Right. So, could well, what's that- the
0: Leafs organization doing then? Don't allow that many media in, like, they yeah. have the power to decide how many press passes they give out. Very true. To the media, so like, fucking help your team. I, I just like, like I, imagine I can't. If they came
1: out and were like, no press during warmups or during this, like if they were able to to do such a thing, what an uproar that would be. And I would be curious to see if they were to limit press in certain situations, how much better they would perform. On and off the ice, when it came to camaraderie or you know just chemistry and winning games,
0: I think it would improve. But like, oh, come on, never, Leafs no, organization never do it. <laughs> like they have the power to do what they want. They can yeah. allow whatever media. They can revoke media passes. Like they can do whatever they want. Yeah. So, like it's up to them. Yeah. But anyway, enough we about that. About like
1: fifteen minutes of Maple Leafs. Leafs, That's I know, cool.
0: <laughs> but. That's kind of the big topic anyway, I would say out of all of uh, all of this, like it's the biggest of the upsets and the things that are going on. But uh, real quick, because the Leafs were eliminated, the Lightning move on to the second round. They are going back to the Battle of Florida where they're going to face the Florida Panthers, um, who they met in the first round last year because of the rearranged divisions. I'm excited for this series. I cannot wait to see this series it's going to be great there is such heated uh rivalry there and i'm pumped for this like i'm super yeah. pumped that this is happening but i also still hate the fact that those two teams will never play each other in the stanley cup final
1: round right. 2 could be your version uh, i mean it could be brutal i mean think it could about be my Google... stanley cup final yeah i mean i think that's what you need to like base off of because They will never, ever, ever once play each other in a Stanley Cup final, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be an intense series. And I think it's going to be one to watch for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's injuries with the lightning on some key players, but that team, their depth, their ability to pull their other players from third, fourth lines up and deliver is God, it's just amazing to watch. Like, I, I just, I just think what Tampa has done and how they have created what they have is something to watch, um, regardless of how far they advance, let's move to your third and final team that was eliminated. Your Kings who lost to the Oilers game seven, um, Mm -hmm. the Oilers are moving to the second round for the first time since 2017. That's big news but it's also sad news for breezy. How do you feel about this? Um,
1: I actually am not too mad about it. I think that the going into the season, no one expected the Kings to play as well as they did. Um, next year should have been there, you know, making it to the playoffs here. I think mm. the things that they did this season, um, really impressed the entire league because I don't think anyone really expected this out of them. I think that they all did really well. Um, Kind of a bummer to hear about Dustin Brown at the end of the season. Um, But I think it was what was needed. I think Dustin Brown going out in the playoffs and a, and a seven gamer uh, awesome. Obviously wish they would have won for him, but I think that. The Kings played really well. And I think that the matchup was a good matchup against the Oilers. I think that the Oilers have an advantage for the sake of they have a huge, huge, huge fan base cheering for them, especially with Ben. I think Mm -hmm. that he has given them a huge boost of confidence and especially having been come down to LA, we obviously saw a few things there. Ben Stelter, Um,
0: the young boy
1: who's battling cancer. Yep. Yeah. So I think that the Kings can take a lot away from not only this season, but this round one. And there are some absolute superstars on the Kings that are unsung heroes that no one will ever really know. Um, And I think that they have a lot to prove. And I think they have proved to themselves that, this is a good group i think they'll make a little bit of a change in this off season obviously with dustin brown going but i think that the kings are going to come out really strong next year and i couldn't be you know happier with how they performed over the entire season so
0: wish they would have won
1: but i'm just proud that they made it to as far as they did so
0: i'm excited to see what they can do in the future if they can yeah. continue this momentum Uh, into the next season uh, and see if their uh, rebuild effort, if you will, has is um, solid and forward moving. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about that. Well, those are your three teams. I guess we should finish the rest of the teams that have already advanced, which are Uh, We have already briefly discussed the the Florida Panthers. They eliminated the Washington Capitals, and that is exciting to see. Uh, I really didn't think the Caps were going to make it out, but they did make for some exciting playoff hockey, those games. Yeah, they did. And the Hurricanes, the Carolina Hurricanes, have defeated the Bruins, They've advanced. They've got a lot of work to do the Canes in this next series. Um, it's sad. I think there's going to be some changes in, in Boston with some of those legendary guys um, or they just end up sort of becoming like the Chicago Blackhawks where you've got these like stellar two or three guys on your team. But you rebuild and you don't make it back into the playoffs for a while. Any thoughts on that series? Um, yeah, I think the king, the Kings, the Canes have, um,
1: I think they have great potential. I think whoever mm-hmm. they end up getting to play, whoever wins the game today against the pens and the Rangers, I believe that's who's, yeah. who their matchup is. Um, yes. I think either one of those teams would be a good match for the Canes. I think it'd be really cool to see the Canes and the Rangers personally. Yeah. Um, who knows if that'll happen again, we're recording this early. Um, but the, as far as the Bruins go, it is it time to cut ties with like a Marshawn? I don't know. I don't know if you can see him playing for another team. I think he's just going to go out as a, as a Bruin. And people were talking about uh, Bergeron, like, and they had asked him, "What's the future?" And he's like, "It's too early to talk about the future." Yeah, he, he still has so much left in him, though, and I think that I know. both of them will end up coming back. But I think that the Bruins do need to make some changes. I know they brought in like Taylor Hall, but is is Taylor Hall one of those guys in the locker room that just he's a big name that just does not do anything as far as having a big name I mean
0: I mean he does what he's paid to do but like I don't know that he does beyond what he's paid to do
1: but is he what he's being paid I don't even know if he's doing what he's being paid to do other than like score goals and be like what is he bringing why why are they not any team he goes to they're they're not doing well (laughs) so yeah
0: but you can't pin it, make on, it to the playoffs
1: yeah so. I, I'm not gonna I'm not pinning everything on Taylor Hall. don't no. get me wrong but it, there's so many other players on that team and it's like how do you rebuild from from that stacked of a lineup when I don't want to say maybe stacked isn't the right word so I'm a little I don't know I just is it time to cut ties with one of their hot shots and I I don't know if it is I just think that maybe it's upper management. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a slump. Maybe it's a four gate or four season slump. That the Bruins need to come go into and then just come out strong again. I, I really don't know. Um, I think there's better teams than the Bruins and I think that that shows. And I yeah. think that it's, it wasn't the Bruins year. And maybe that's the case too. Maybe there's no rebuild needed. Maybe there's no trades that are need to be needed. It's just more so the Bruins aren't good enough. To win the Stanley Cup, given all the talent on all the other teams and what other teams are bringing to the table. And I think that is probably amongst everything floating in my head about the Bruins. That's probably the, the one thing that I'll come down to.
0: I mean, that's why this is the hardest trophy to win in sports. Yeah. Like what you just said and what we've said thus far about all, all, a lot of these teams in the first round, like. That's why it's the hardest trophy. Like there were five game seven series in the first round, which is the second most ever in any round in history. Obviously that could only be like the first or second round, um, but five game, Yeah. First or second round. Right. But like, that's, that's an unparalleled, like that speaks to the quality of the talent on so many of these teams and i think that's great for the league i think that's great for all of these teams and we can't be too hard on a lot of them because the talent the skill to go to game seven i mean that's like nuts in the first round you know this is this is what we want like this is good for the league this is good for fans Teams to be excited and to really feel like their team has a chance to go far and make it, and and I think that's something different we're seeing this season. Yeah, I in agree. the playoffs, um, Flames and Stars. That's the only other game happening. I'm I'm pretty feeling pretty confident in the Flames advancing, and then if they do, they will be playing the Oilers, which will be a little bit of you know battle oh, in Canada. No. Battle what province are they in the same provinces those two yeah what are they called there alberta <laughs> yeah i can't i can't remember who's in the battle of alberta i i don't even know where calgary is in canada okay guys oh, i couldn't <laughs> tell you um i'd have to look at it on a map um or where edmonton is couldn't tell you who's east or west everybody uh oh geez we just know about the canada teams. I have never been to Canada. So, like the there's that. Show me a map, and then I'd be like, oh, okay, that yeah, that makes sense. Um (laughs) anyway, that's uh that's happening. I think the Battle of
1: Alberta is what is needed for playoff hockey. Uh when they play each other in regular season, it's wild. It's absolutely nuts. So to have that as a second round playoff series would be insane like talk about press that would be covering that because both teams would be just firing left and right although i have mentioned i think i mentioned it last week maybe or maybe i just thought it in my head i don't remember if if this was publicly said but i was a little disappointed that the flames aren't scoring as many goals as they have been Mm -hmm. so if the flames can score goals like they have been and the Oilers can score goals like they have been. I mean, if we were to have five, six, seven goal per side games, I mean, 14 goals per for an entire game would be insane. And I think those two teams in that kind of an atmosphere could give us probably one of the most high scoring playoff games in history. And that's probably way, I don't even know why I just said that because I have no facts about that at all, but
0: (laughs) Uh, that's just how you feel. Let's, let's do it.
1: Yeah. No facts. I don't even know what the, I don't even know what the the stats are on that. I had no idea. So that's probably just.
0: Listen, you don't know the stats on that. (laughs) I don't know where the hell, what province country these people are in, you know, it's what it is. I know the teams, but I don't know the locations. And I don't think that really is relevant. No, that's fine.
1: It is not actually.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This week's episode of the House of Hockey podcast is brought to you by Hockey Fans. The pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. As an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. Oh, yeah. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings' same-game parlays, You can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. That's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
1: So amongst all this, they did the uh, the draft lottery and the Canadians got the number one draft pick for this upcoming draft, which is crazy because how do you go from playing for the Stanley Cup last season to now yeah. winning the number one draft spot this upcoming, you know, for this next coming uh, draft blows my mind, first of all. It's a lottery,
0: it's baby.
1: Ball. That's why it's, it's a lottery, but second. The about, bingo so, ball that pops out. <laughs> so all eyes are on uh, Shane Wright as the first mm-hmm. overall pick. And that's who uh, they're, you know, kind of everyone's saying that that's who the Canadians are going to pick. And Shane Wright did an interview and gave some insights as to why he thinks that he deserves to be the number one uh, pick. And it's been said there's no generational players that are in this upcoming draft, right? There's not like a McDavid or a Matthews or anything like that. But Shane Wright has been uh, kind of said that he plays the same kind of game as Bergeron, which I think could be just as important as a generational player. Because when you think of it, if you think of hot names in the league, Bergeron's going to be on that list, whether he's, you know, number five or number 50 he's still on you know the top of the list so um i really enjoyed reading uh shane wright's kind of interview that he had done uh where he talks about he analyzes his gameplay and how he thinks that being um kind of told that he plays similar to bergeron uh because he agrees he said that that's the kind of player he is striving to be he plays a good 200-foot game he can do anything on that ice. And he thinks that he's well-deserving of being that number one spot. He believes he is the best player to be draft in that draft class. So very, very interesting. Um, I Talk think about reading, confidence. Yeah, and reading that and know, like having him analyze himself. I mean, he's a young kid. And to be able to analyze yourself as a player is pretty impressive and I think that I I think that he's going to go number one I think he's going to be putting on a Habs jersey and I think that he's probably going to have some hype around him Um, and I think he could be one of those players that
0: like you said like the Blues is he a sleeper player right maybe we'll see do you think that's a little bit cocky of him to say those things? Or does he say it in a way that is humbling and like. Well, you can only read words. Yeah, see, that's way, hard. Right. But yeah, I. Yeah, and think they it can it be taken out of context too yeah. in, in written press, you know, the whole thing. Well, when, I, could when be, I
1: saw the headline
0: where it said, Sheen Wright believes he deserves to be number
1: one, I was like, who does this kid think he is? But once you start right. reading it, I think it's a good thing to have confidence and he had a supporting way to say, this is why I think I deserve it. I mean, he's saying he, he's putting in the work. He's a, he's a a player that every team in the league would need. You need a 200 foot player, right?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So he's listing out the reasons why he believes he's a good player and why he believes he should be number one. Now for him to say, he's the best player in this draft class, if you have a draft cap class i mean obviously there's other good players yeah are you the best uh, maybe your what do your stats say but stats can only say so much i mean if you're like sorry i'm probably going to get crap on this but if you're an Ovechkin on the power play you go to your one spot and you just be right. you know wait to be fed the puck you're going to score goals left and right because you're not doing anything are you, right, but thank god he says it's not a ovechkin he's more of a bergeron which we'll <laughs> see i don't know could it be cocky maybe is it confidence also maybe it's like reading a text you don't know you can right. take it either way so i just thought yeah. it was a good thing to comment on i don't know
0: could be a good thing for the canadians to have a little bit of young cocky energy in the room you know a little bit yeah. of uh excitement, a little bit of get the boys going. If he thinks he's that good, is he going to motivate other people to be as good as him and want, is he going to, you know, command the respect of the room and the other guys, or is he going to be, is it going to turn into like a a potential Toronto situation where you've got a lot of confident, cocky players who know they're really good, but it doesn't contribute to the team uh, camaraderie. Right. We will see. We'll see. We shall see. We'll see if the Canadians think this is uh, confidence or um, cockiness. We'll see yeah. what they decide to do with their number one pick.
1: Well, speaking um, of
0: confidence. Yes. Uh, let's
1: jump into the AHL playoffs here. So the St. Louis Blues goalie prospect, Joel Hoffer scored an empty net goal. So he did an interview as well. And he said that it's playoff time. You can't make any risky moves, right? But when he had gone around to get the puck, he realized he had more time on his hands than he had thought and said, what, why not? So he shot the puck and they said that he sent the puck about 195 feet into the empty net So for the Springfield Thunderbirds, which ended up, they ended up beating the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins six to two. So didn't have confidence, saw the time, had confidence enough to just yeet the puck. So nice. Scored an empty net goal.
0: I love it. I got to watch the clip. That's awesome. I love hearing these kinds of stories. What else has happened in the AHL uh, since you're going to be our resident AHL reporter now for the pod, since oh geez, I don't know, that's I haven't watched fun. any AHL hockey. Yeah, Tell me what else is going way. on, breezy. Little
1: brother, Colorado Eagles are crushing it just like their big brother, the ABS. Um, the Eagles tallied up a us say it was 15. Eagles tallied up a point in their game, so 15 different Eagles where wow. they got six goals in one period. And so, and they beat the Ontario Reign, and they set a postseason record with six goals in one period. They had ten goals that game, so
0: that's holy cow! That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of points for players. I like that. I like that story.
1: Different Eagles scored a point in that game, and I believe the score. I don't know if I have the score on here. It was it was six six goals in one period, and it was. 10 throughout the entire game. So I don't remember. I think the rain might've had like two goals in that one, but that's a lot of different players to be racking up points on that score sheet. <laughs>
0: that's a, that's depth right there. That's yeah. depth.
1: And to think that you're going to have some Eagles making their way up to the app.
0: Oh, great. Just what I need. There you go. Your <laughs> More favorite. talent on the Colorado avalanche. Yeah. So They're still going into uh,
1: the AHL, still waiting for the round of three playoffs to go. The only team to make it to the divisional finals right now is the Stockton Heat. So everyone is still playing for their lives and we'll Mm -hmm. see next week
0: uh, how it goes. All right. That's a update on the AHL for you brought to you by breezy. There was one that came across my feed that I had sent to you. And you said you had a comment on it
1: about the catfish.
0: Yeah. So there was a video, of course, last week. of I don't know who it was, but at a Preds home game, they had this giant catfish that they chucked onto the ice like they do. And for the first time, And, and I think maybe it's just because I'm now a mom to a pet. Like I, I, I have a nurturing side that I have embraced and I feel so bad for so many animals and I want to save all the dogs and cats and horses and one-legged goats and whatever the hell is out there. Um, seeing the face of that catfish, like they showed the face to the camera I was like, that's like a, per- that thing has a soul and like, they're just throwing him on the ice. Like he's an inanimate object. And but I just, dead. I, are you sure he looked alive? It was, even if it was dead, like, what are they doing with it? Are like, you can't eat it now. Cause now it's been brought to room temperature and like that fish was sacrificed to just be thrown on the ice. I don't, I don't know. I didn't like it. Like I didn't like it. And I, and I'm a, I used to be a big advocate of like the octopus and like, I've, I've probably been on the record here saying how much I loved seeing catfish being thrown on the ice. But like my opinion about it is a little bit different. I'm not like PETA. I'm not, I've not gone all the way to the PETA side of things because they did issue like a warning letter or whatever to the Preds about throwing catfish on the ice. And like, I, I get it. I get it. And I feel bad for the catfish. Yeah. But I'm a supporter of weird hockey traditions, like throwing dead. No, I I don't know. I think can, can we do what, what Seattle does where they have like the fake stuffed animal fish? Like, can't we do that? Like, I'm good with that that's that's good that's cool that thing you can keep because you can you can you can keep the fake fish but like if you caught a real fish you can't keep that and it's gonna stink and you don't stuff a fish right like that's not a thing it is a thing i think it is a thing they put those on walls you can taxidermy a fish yeah maybe it's called something else but either way I don't know. I just felt really bad for the catfish. Gotcha. Well,
1: as while we're on it, I just want to give uh, everybody a little bit of a history on the the catfish throwing. Cause it's very much similar to how the Detroit the Oc- Red Wings yeah. do, you know, do their little toss. So they've been throwing a catfish on Bridgestone arena ice long before the franchise became a cup contender the mm-hmm. Tennessean first reported a fan tossing a catfish on the arena on October 30th, 2003. But there are reports of Bob Wolf, who's a local restaurant owner, tossing a catfish on January 26, 1999. So a year after their inaugural season, um, okay. and it was against the Detroit Red Wings. So it's kind of like a a back and forth there. So a few seasons ago, NHL officials warned the franchise that they would start handing out delay of game penalties if the tradition disrupted the game and so it thus went the tradition switched from throwing the catfish prior to the start of the game rather than in the middle right. of the game right so the preds haven't officially endorsed the fans to do it but they and publicly they have frowned upon it but they still haven't done anything to like prevent it from happening right. um, and they obviously you know it's a big thing in in nashville to do that um, the guy from the Titans. I don't know if anybody, I don't know. Yeah. If anybody the it, football Taylor, player. Yeah. yeah. Taylor does it all the time. And, and it's right. kind of a thing. Pekka did it. I made a right. comment on it when, when I was at the stadium. Oh, tonight. I loved seeing Pekka do it. Yeah. It was, but, it was just a big hype. So I do see, uh, both sides of it. Um, but I do, I am a big fan of hockey traditions. Do they need to maybe do it where maybe there's more sensitive crowds now where they need to, to turn it into a stuffed animal do do whatever you got to do to make people comfortable. But I don't think that the tradition should die. I think that it, you got to keep traditions how it is. I think it hypes up uh, fans. I think it hypes up the
0: players. Um,
1: Maybe there's a better way to do it,
0: but. I I know that's why I was so surprised at my own self, that that was the reaction (laughs) I had because I loved seeing Pekka do that. Yeah. With the catfish. But it was like I saw into the soul of that fish because it was like they got a close up on the face and the eyes. And I was like, I feel so bad for that fish. I don't know. I don't know what's happening to me. Am I getting soft? I don't know. Do I That's need okay. to like toughen up? I'm not entirely sure. But I felt really bad for that catfish,
1: but not I the know. one when
0: Pekka threw it.
1: Not the one when Pekka threw it.
0: Couldn't tell you why. Maybe somebody has a can explain this to me. Maybe I should talk to my therapist about it. She might have an answer. Maybe I wanted to tell you. I texted you this, and I thought it would be pretty funny to share um, <laughs> on the pod. And then I know you have a personal story uh, as well about out of towners, which we haven't had any of those stories in a while. So that'll be fun to hear. But I, uh, too, am single, just like Breezy said, uh, her status earlier about her heartbreak. And I dabble on one dating app because I cannot, I do not have the patience to do more than one. And a gentleman came up and his name was Jonathan, spelled like Jonathan Taze. And the first photo is always in black and white. And I swear to God, I thought it was Jonathan Taze. I was like, oh, Jonathan Taze is on this dating app. I thought he was like dating somebody. And like, I better check this out. And I took a screenshot and I sent it to Breezy (laughs) and- I mean, I don't want to, like, put the picture of the guy up on the internet because that's, like, weird. Um, and he also still, he hasn't liked me back yet. So that's also kind of a bubber. But I solely liked this guy and swiped right because he looked like Jonathan Taze.
1: He did, actually. He uh, he looked like a different version of Jonathan Taze, though. But they had the same, Like, like a
0: happier one?
1: Yeah, they had the same eyes and, like smile and like smile lines when JT decides to bless us with a smile every now and then but uh, I saw it I was like you better swipe uh I don't know what this dating app is I don't think you have to swipe on it but
0: no but either way maybe. I don't know <laughs> I, I I liked him and we'll see I he still hasn't liked me back yet but you that's never okay. know I'm, I'm in the <laughs> shuffle somewhere but that's the state of my life it's so depressing I do this thing where I don't know why but I'm not like an
1: aviation enthusiast or anything like that but over my house there tends to be a lot of like flight paths and it seems as though planes have gotten like lower and lower and so and we have a lot of I live close to a couple military bases and so there's a lot of like military planes that fly overhead and I actually love military planes fun fact maybe it's not fun it's just a fact but um so i tend to like whenever i hear something i tend to like look up in the sky and like see it i don't know why it just is what
0: it is so nature.
1: yeah so it was a warm night it was friday night it was a warm night um i was in our the front room where watching a hockey game and i had both the windows open and i heard this really really loud plane and i'm like oh my god and it's my my town is notorious for having fires so when you hear a loud plane or a loud helicopter you automatically think oh gosh is there a brush fire like let's go out and see if we can see one so i heard this loud plane and i walked outside and i had to like look um the opposite like this like the direction of like where like la would be right because i'm i'm on the suburbs of, of los angeles so I looked in the direction of like where LA would be and I watched like cuz the plane's going probably to LAX and I was looking at it, and I was like wow that plane is really low and then I happened to like turn my body and I was looking down my street and I thought to myself cuz I'm I'm weird right and I just watched this movie on like Amazon Prime about this this couple and they went to like go buy this house and like they got stuck in this neighborhood and like they couldn't get out and I, like, looked down the street and I was, like, dang, I wonder if, pe-, in my head, I was, like, I wonder if people, like, actively ask themselves, like, man, like, I live in X state. Like, this is, this is the state. And I'm, like, wow, this is California. Like, my street is so weird. Like, is this street even real? I Like, I, it just looks so fake. Like, a traditional, like, suburban town street, right? Mm-hmm. I was, like, huh, interesting. And I look up in the sky and I immediately fixate on this thing and it's like translucent but you can see like the outline of it but it's not any sort of shape because it's kind of moving kind of like how like a plastic bag would and like mm-hmm. the ocean or like a jellyfish right and it's doing one of these things and it's like constantly like moving its shape and it has like this reddish maroon tint to it but it's like translucent. And I'm sitting there and I'm staring at it. And thankfully my dad's sitting in that room. And I said, dad, he goes, what? And I was like, can you come, can you hear me? He goes, yeah. I was like, come out here. I want you to look at something. He walks out and I'm like, do you see that? And he saw it too. It was this thing and it wasn't moving fast. It was kind of just like in its own little thing. And I'm like, is it an owl? Like, is it like out, like, you know, but it wasn't like the shape of wings. And I was like, and it's too high up to be like a balloon because a balloon would have to be closer to us to see like yeah. the size of it, right?
0: It wasn't so I, a bubble.
1: And it wasn't a bubble because it was too far away to be a bubble. It would have to be like a giant bubble. And I was like, and it's not any sort of like helicopter or airplane because they wouldn't have that shape to it because it was like no. moving And it was like jaggedy, like weird little like edges kind of a thing. And it was translucent and it had like this tint to it, like this reddish maroon tint. So I was like, go get the binoculars. I'm keeping my eye on it this entire time. I have fresh contacts in, so I'm not like seeing these. And my dad just saw this. (laughs) So he goes and gets binoculars. I have my eyes fixated on it. I grab the binoculars with with this one hand, right? And I bring it up to my, my face. Disappeared, nowhere to be found. What? Yeah. I'm like I don't even understand. We couldn't see it. It just disappeared. I had my eyes fixed on it for like I don't know three, four minutes. The second I get binoculars to look, disappeared. So guess what I did yesterday? You Google it. Well, I did Google it, weird blob in the sky. Something similar was seen over in like New Jersey or something. It was very similar to what I had saw, but oh, it was a, like broad daylight. But it looked more like a cloud. This wasn't like, this was not a cloud. Okay. Might I add. This was not a cloud because it was shape-shifting kind of. And yeah. moving slowly. And then like it would go backwards and then up and down. So yesterday I decided to buy myself. Some space binoculars. And let me tell you, these things are strong. So if any sort of portal wants to make themselves visible to me anymore, again, whatever it is, I'm going to see it. Whether you want me to see it or not, now I got strong binoculars and I'm going to wear them around my neck (laughs) 24-7. But in all seriousness, I have no idea what that was. I have no idea what it was. I was not the only person to see it, but there was no other talks of it, but I don't understand how I walked mm. outside to look at this airplane. I looked down my street and say that stuff in my head. And right. then I just so happened to just move my head and immediately fixate on this thing in the sky. I wasn't looking for anything. I just fixated. On. Right. I'm like, did something tell me to go do that? Yeah. And I probably just sound like an absolute psycho right now. I had to text somebody and I was going to text you. Then I was like, no, I got to tell you in person, but
0: yeah. Wild. I, I would not be surprised if it was an out of towner, And I, I wouldn't be surprised either if it was some sort of new technology that the military was testing. Like sort of, maybe yeah. they have some sort of new, I don't know, invisible force flying shield thing yeah i mean we've seen it in in movies and tv shows who why you know where do we come up with this if it isn't really possible that it could be made i think you saw something i don't know what you saw i can't afford to have my friend be abducted so like (laughs) please don't get abducted with your new space goggles that you ordered but like (laughs) i support this but like Don't get abducted, please. I'm not trying to get
1: abducted. I just really, it kind of bothers you though. Cause like I was sitting there, I'm like, but what was it? Cause like your curiosity gets to you. And it's like, I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. I've never even seen pictures of it on the internet. I've never seen anyone ever speak of anything that has ever looked like that. And I was like, it's not an owl. Like I was like, is it an owl? We have owls here. It's too far away to be a balloon. It had to be closer up for it to be a balloon of that size. It's mm. not any sort of, it's not a cloud. It, we didn't even have clouds in the sky that night. It's been, it's been really warm and very clear. It wasn't any, it couldn't be a plane or anything. Planes aren't even shaped that way. No. So I was just like, what? I, I've run out of possibilities of what it could possibly be.
0: You're gonna have to start a new Reddit thread I And get to and tap into the dark web and get some answers.
1: I don't know if I wanna do the dark web, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta yeah. get
0: some answers, girl, cause absolutely I don't wild. have them absolutely wow. wild, so I'm wow. like, well,
1: I'm gonna keep looking because it was right over my it was actually right over like I was looking over my neighbor's uh, house, and it was it was further, obviously, but it was like i mean i I saw it from my front yard, so
0: yeah. I don't know. Crazy.
1: Very crazy. Anyway, this episode took an absolute 3, 180 turn. <laughs> I was going to say 360. It didn't do 360.
0: Close enough, you know? Yeah. Canada, province, Alberta, 360, 180, whatever. Yep. <laughs> there you you go. guys know what you're getting when you listen to us every week. So thanks yep. for- tuning in and we will enjoy the second round of the Stanley cup playoffs.
1: Yep. And good luck to anyone whose teams are still in it or anyone who's rooting for a team that's still in it.
0: Thanks for coming over to our house of hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for house of hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.